Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Jeremiah 17, 5-8 When we were planning out the season and I was looking at all these words that everybody's feeling, I was feeling overwhelmed by all of it because I thought, gosh, this is really dark. And is this a little dramatic? Like, are we really all facing all these really dark, horrible feelings like hopelessness? And honestly, it's been interesting as I've sat with it all for a few weeks now and been working on this season. I felt all of the things, even the ones that I wasn't sure I did feel. And there have just been times where this wave of hopelessness will wash over me. It's not something I would say I live with on a daily basis. I'm a pretty optimistic person and I believe the best about people. I believe the best about our world and like the future. I just think let's make the most of what we are given if it involves difficulty, even better, because we can actually help people and make a difference in that. And so I just don't get overwhelmed or hopeless very often. But there have been a few moments in the last you know, few weeks, months, where it really is, I think it's just a combination of factors that will cause it to happen. But I just feel despairing. I just feel like nothing is ever going to change. We are all going to be separated from each other. We are all going to live somewhat isolated, disconnected. You know, nothing's going to go back to normal. And that's somewhat true. And I think maybe that's where the wave will hit me is just when I realize that nothing is changing soon and we've got to figure out a new way to live in this. You know, whether it's injustices or other issues, I just think that there are times where it feels like, can anything really change? Like, are we stuck in this division that we feel in our country forever? Are we stuck in this downward spiral of anxiety and depression forever? You know, like, what? where is this all going? Huh, so depressing. So what I want to say is that's okay. Like, the fact that, that you feel that sometimes does not mean that you don't have faith. It does not mean that you are going to stay in that place. I think what it means is that there's a real grief sitting on all of us right now that we need to recognize and work through and name, and we need to talk about it, right? We need to talk about it. And so that's my hope for this season and specifically this episode is that we would just talk about it. Like, yes, this is hard and it's been hard for a while. And it's going to be hard for a while. 
And there's a lot of things that are impacted in this season that we never, ever could have dreamed. I see this the best in my kids, the wave of hopelessness, when one of them will come home. And this happens, honestly, with all four of them. But the one that it was yesterday, she comes home and it's despairing. It's just literally like, I can't do school. I just can't. And, you know, she struggles with dyslexia. She's recorded an episode here before on that. And it was just this wave of hopelessness. And it's so cool because watching it in your kids you see how our brains work and you see how we dig our way out of that, right? So at first, it's literally just, I give up and it's just check out. I can't do it. I'm going to do something else. I'm not going to think about this. And then you see kind of a resurgence of, I've got to deal with this and I've got to come out of it. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to study and I'm going to do the next thing and I'm going to get the tutor and I'm going to do the next right thing. And I think that is my heart for you guys in this season is that you would celebrate doing the next right thing because there are a million ways that we can feel paralyzed in this. There are a million ways we can feel so discouraged that it feels like we're not able to accomplish what we need to accomplish in the day, but to just get up and to get your books out and to do the thing that you need to do next that is living. In most cultures and generations, that has been the definition of their lives, like doing the next thing they can do in the midst of suffering, in the midst of difficulty, in the midst of poverty, whatever. That has been how people live through horrific situations. They just do it. Like they do it. They do the thing. And so what is it for you to just celebrate small acts of obedience? We're going to put a link to this in the show notes, but One of the things I did in the middle of quarantine was I put a little pink square up on Instagram and it had three circles. And I think at the top of it said small wins. And we'll have a link to it because what happened is everybody reposted it with three little wins because the truth is in the middle of quarantine, there just wasn't much to get done. Like we just couldn't change the world. You know, we couldn't leave the house. And so, you know, I think we had to celebrate, you know what? I made my bed this morning. I went on a walk. And I called my mom. <laughs> like I think those were, were my first ones. And so, you know, I think that's that, that needs to be okay for a while is that we are, are not sinking into complete paralyzed depression. We are getting out of bed. We are making our beds. And we are showing up for people that love us and that we love. And, and we're doing the next right thing. Now, let me be clear. Doubt is different than hopelessness, okay? It's similar, but that feeling of despair that hits you does not mean that you don't have faith. It means that your faith is being tested. It means that the circumstances that you're looking at in that moment feel hopeless to you. And what's cool is throughout the Bible, throughout the scriptures, great people of faith came to those same moments, right? They came to the water and Moses was like, what do we do now? Of course, God's about to deliver in some huge, beautiful way, but they face these moments where David faces huge armies and he questions like, God, are you with us? You know, and there are days where it just feels like, you know, like David says, his bones are wasting away, you know, it's just, just hopeless. But what the Psalms of Lament show us is that it's okay to have seasons of despair and sadness and hopelessness and that that does not define our lives or our faith and that what happens in David's honesty about his his sadness is that faith rises up right in the end of most of those psalms there's a turning back to the lord and and there's a hope that is restored to his bones and he he believes god again and he's hopeful again and so i think 
that is part of the process of faith is that, and I don't think we talk about that enough, that there really is this kind of wrestling and angst that should accompany any of us that believe in God and and suffer or watch other people suffer. So this isn't a sign that you don't have faith. This is a sign that you got to pray, right? I was just interviewing Nick Vujacek, and you're going to get to hear that interview. He's talking about fasting and praying in this season where, where he's facing anxiety and discouragement. That's what we do. Like we go to back to God. We pray, we get on our knees, we ask him for faith. And then like he shared, if you don't have it, if you don't have the faith you need, you ask other people to pray for you. You ask other people to help you when you can't help yourself. You reach out and you trust the, the community of God. Jeremiah 17, five through eight says this. This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited salty land, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. And such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. And yes, this is the ideal, right? <laughs> this is the ideal that we would keep our hope and our trust in the Lord. But the cool thing is, is some of the darkest moments in my life where I have been the most hopeless. Those moments have built my faith. I hate that because I want it to be easier than it is, but I don't think any of us would truly trust God unless we'd been in the desert, unless we'd felt like the shrub that was withering up and and seen God provide sustenance and taking care of us. So don't be afraid of that doubt. Just fight it well and fight that hopelessness with the truth. Guys, we've got to be in the word of God. We've got to be praying. We've got to be reminding ourselves of truth. If we don't, we are toast in this season, right? We are the withered bush in the desert because every input we have is screaming fear and hopelessness. And so we got to fight that. We can't just sit in that and accept that. We have to build a different story. And that different story is the only story, the only story of hope that transcends every issue that we have on this earth, every issue we will have in our lives. He is the ultimate hope. And so guys, wrestle well. Don't be discouraged that this is hard. It's hard. And know that there is still hope in it, even if you can't see it. If it's a little bitty right now, if it's complete darkness and it's just this little bitty flickering light off in the distance, run towards it. Like go, go, go. Grab anything and everything you can to help you get to that light. Like that is what we've got to do is see the word of God, see prayer, see our community that loves God in our churches, see podcasts like this and others that these are the things that will remind us of why we don't have to be afraid. So run on. I'm grateful you're here. I hope this is encouraging to you. I'm believing God for greater things through this. I, I do. I think that there are roots being dug deep in the ground right now. There is steadfastness that is producing hope and character that is rising up right now in our generation because of this difficulty. I think we were we were soft and we were wimpy and we're having to face that right now. And we're have to get, having to get stronger and we're having to get faster and we're having to get better at feeding ourselves and taking care of ourselves growing up. And I think that's exciting. I think on the other side of this is a people that have more maturity, more depth, 
more realness to them and hopefully more impact for the kingdom of God. So here's some of the questions that I want to answer for you guys today. Here's a great one. I can't fake hope because I don't feel hopeful. What do I do in the middle of the pain? You don't fake it. (laughs) You don't. Can we just all universally agree that we are not going to fake it through this, okay? We're going to be honest. One of my dearest friends is the most real person I know, and I'm so grateful that she wants to be my friend because I need people like this in my life. She will say any and everything she thinks and feels. And it is so refreshing to me as her friend. She always apologizes if she's sad and she's bawling and she's telling me everything. She always feels bad about it. It is the most beautiful, delightful thing to me that she feels safe with me and is real. Because guess what? There are days I want to cuss and I want to scream and I want to cry and everything's going wrong. And guess who I call? I call her. Because I know I'm safe. There is something contagious about not faking it. So guys, everyone, universally, let's just not fake it anymore. And yet, let's fight for each other to get to hope, right? It's not like we leave each other in that. Like we, we're we honest, we we say everything, and then we fight for each other to, to believe more and to believe better and to come back to God. So it's not that we leave each other in that. We just start in an honest place and we say the honest thing. Okay, here's another question. What is something good, beautiful, true I can hang on to right now? Let me tell you what's good, beautiful, and true is the promise that we are becoming more like God through suffering. I want to read to you something that I read last week, but I think it's relevant this week too. It's in James 1, 2 through 8. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach. Guys, steadfastness is growing in us. Our faith is producing this full effect that we become complete, lacking in nothing. And all of that is coming from trials that we're supposed to rejoice at. And the reason we get to rejoice at them is because they are changing us, because they are making us more into who God wants us to be. So what is beautiful, good, and true is that we're growing up. We are growing up. We are maturing in our faith. I know it's true. I I see it in you. I absolutely see it in you. I hear it when I read your messages. I see you all fighting good fights in your workplaces, in your colleges, in your schools, in your families. I see it. It's happening. Like there is faith that is growing. Now it is cumbersome right now and it is heavy and it's not easy, but it's happening. Okay, here's another one. As a Christian, should I be positive and sunshine all the time? Is there some sort of balance for how I share the hard and the good with other people? I don't, I mean, people would say, Jenny, you're way too much sunshine (laughs) as I'm doing a podcast series on all these negative emotions. So I don't know, maybe I'm both, but hopefully I'm both because I think we've got to be both, right? We've got to be sober and aware of the realities that we face, the sin that we have, the difficulties that we are up against the darkness that is warring against us. So we've got to be aware of all that. We've got to be wise as serpents and gentle as doves, right? So we've got to we've got to pull this tension out of wisdom and awareness and sobriety about the situations that we're in and the realities we face mixed with a joy and a hope that's sincere, a sincere hope and joy that is not thwarted by the difficulties of the day. So I mean, to me, my favorite, most life-giving people are both. Like they're not afraid to talk about the dark and the hard and they're not going to stay there. They're going to talk about the good and the 
the joy that that they have in God, even if, right, the world falls apart. That's our theme this year at If Gathering, by the way. It's even if. Even if the world never goes back to normal, even if everything continues to fall apart, we have hope. And it's a secure hope and it's not fading. Now, we won't feel that hope every day, but we can talk about it and we can fight for it. And we can fight for other people to have it when they feel hopeless. And that's what I want to get better at. And I hope we all do. J.I. Packer has a great quote on this. He says, God uses chronic pain and weakness along with other afflictions as his chisel for sculpting our lives. Felt weakness deepens dependence on Christ for strength each day. The weaker we feel, the harder we lean. And the harder we lean, the stronger we grow spiritually, even while our bodies waste away. To live with your thorn uncomplainingly, that is sweet, patient and free in heart to love and help others, even though every day you feel weak. That's true sanctification. I love that because we are so afraid of the hard. We're so afraid of the difficult. But I hope what you're hearing me say is that there is hope even in the difficult, (laughs) that it's causing good, that it is cause for rejoicing mainly because of what it's accomplishing in and through us. And that's difficult to do. We have a constant conversation around our house about complaining. <laughs> and and Cooper will ask like, you know, we, we kind of have this thing about venting, like dur- especially during quarantine when we were all just about to lose our minds, you know, rather than like throw fits and be mean to each other. I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just need to vent. Like I'm going to give you permission right now. And one time Cooper wisely said, what's the difference in venting and complaining? And I was like, well, not much. But the truth is sometimes we've got to get it out so that we can move past it. So we can say it and trust God with it and let go of it. But it turns to complaining when there's no hope attached to it. It's just venting with no purpose, right? So we're, we're venting to get it out. And that's what I taught him was, hey, it's okay to say, you know what, mom, I need to vent for a minute. I'd rather that than, you know, you yelling at your sister with impatience. You know, let's, let's just talk about what we're really feeling and then we can deal with it. I know this is a hard one, guys. Oh, I know it's hard. And I know that flicker of a light might feel so far away. And I'm just praying that there is in you this rising supernatural peace that is coming from the Holy Spirit that is trustworthy, that you're leaning on it and you're believing that God is real and he is comforting you and he has a plan for you. Hey guys, this is Chloe. I want to make sure you know about Jenny's latest book, Get Out of Your Head. It has been just incredible to see the hundreds of thousands of you who have already read it and are sharing online how much it has changed your life like it has changed mine. A review on Amazon says, I hung on to every word. I seriously believe God's hand was in the writing of this book. I learned so much. Everything is backed up by scripture. My life has changed as a result of this book. I have a choice. That is exactly how I feel about it too. And I want to make sure that you go grab a copy today. You can get it on Amazon. Now it's in almost every Target store across the country. And we just want to hear what you think after you read it. Maybe this fall is when you invite a few friends over and you guys do a get out of your head book club. You can go to JennyAllen.com and in the top bar at the very top of the website, it says get out of your head book club. We've created a PDF for you that's completely free and does all of the hard work of organizing a book club for you. So go grab your copy and download the PDF today. Thanks again for listening today. We will see you guys next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast. Podcast.